What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Watch from Mercury. This is a Mobile Suit Gundam Witch from Mercury watch along podcast. I should change the intro because eventually Witch from Mercury is going to end and we're going to watch other stuff. But we're between seasons right now. And right now we're watching Zero Eight MS Team. So, spoilers, everything for just a bunch of stuff. Um, we're on episode 10. <laughs> I'm your host, Maxim. I'm your host, Alex, and mild spoilers for Chainsaw Man because I refuse to stop talking about it. So it might come out now. I don't know. It's so good. It's so good. That being said, guys, today we have a special guest on the show. Do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, sure. Be happy to. Hello, everyone. My name is uh, Matt Fishman, friend of Alex and Maxim's, a huge Gundam fan. I'm really happy to be on this. So thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, you specific, I believe you were talking to Alex and you specifically requested to come on for this episode. Yes, it, it is my, I mean, I've seen the 8th MS team many times, and this is easily the best episode of the entire short series. It's great. Love it. Uh, it's iconic. I love it. It's, I'm, I'm glad, Alex, that you got to experience this episode finally, because this is so good. This is so one. good. It <laughs> essentially, because this is like, the show has moved away a little bit from the Vietnam feel that we'll address when we finally do the finale. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like, this reminded me of that, like the climax of Full Metal Jacket, like, oh no, we're outmatched by a sniper, essentially. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, the the vibes here are incredible. Love it. Um, but before we get into the episode recap, uh, guys, I just want to remind everyone, you can f- uh, subscribe to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash watchfrommercury. Uh, there you'll get a monthly movie review. Um, so right now we have Mobile Suit Gundam Thunber- Thunderbolt December Sky and Mobile Suit Gundam Wing Endless Waltz with... Josh and Derek from People vs. Gundam Wing. That's that. Those episodes are up now. Go check it out. Subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash watchfrommercury. And if you have any listener mail, listener mail, uh, this episode is going to go at the end because we had a longer one, but hit us up at watchfrommercury at gmail.com and uh, maybe give us, a, give us a nice rating if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Yeah. That would be nice. But <laughs> With actual words. With actual and thank, words. And thank you to our newest patron, Shadow Public Radio, who is... Derek, Josh, and, and Jonathan from the People vs. Gundam Wing. That was such a nice surprise after we had them on. And we actually got another one. Uh, we got, oh, so yeah. also, shout out to How About No. Um, <laughs> great name. But thank you for subscribing. Very happy to have you. And uh, go check out the Shadow Public Radio guys, People vs. Gundam Wing. They were great on the episode. Very cool podcasts. But now... We're ready to get into episode 10 of Zero Eight MS Team. Episode 10, The Shuddering Mountain. So, as we discussed earlier, this episode, total vibe. Great combat. Matt, what's your read on this episode as a whole? Well, it's the best one of the series. Um, it was, it's a very good series. I like the whole thing. But this one is great because it was like, you know, we had, you said before, it was like the Vietnam combat. And this one is like an urban combat. And... What's cool about it is they always try to say that the entire point of 8th MS team or 0 8th MS team is that they're just the cannon fodder. These guys are just the common troops. When you saw the other Gundam ones, we always follow the, the, the heroes, the aces. And this is the one where you see these common troops against an actual ace and the mm-hmm. music and just the way he's kicking ass. And he's not a bad guy. He's on the bad guy side. You know, he does, it's like, you know, both sides are kind of gray, mm. but he's a good person for the bad guys. And he's just kind of doing a last stand. And it's just the music. And you're like, they're fucked. They're, he's, got the fucking, he's got the custom turquoise guff suit. I think it's guff. Goof. Goof, goof. doesn't sound right. Yeah. Goof sounds terrible. I'm saying it's a guff. His goof it's troop goof. suit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, just, it's just a great, it's just a great episode. A lot of action. Love it. Hell yeah. Alex, I guess you, you mentioned earlier, same type of vibe. It's the best episode yet. I love. It. I love. I, I really like what you just brought up in that the Eighth MS team, they are essentially red shirts that are like, oh shit, we're fighting a main character. Uh oh. <laughs> like I never thought about it that way. But that is what's what's happening. Yeah, it was the best episode yet. I love the suit designs. It was. Uh, we we got to really see Shiro's resolve to f- to humanize the enemy kind of tested, which mm-hmm. was I was not expecting. I thought this. We'll get to it, but I thought he was gonna retain the. You know, shonen uh, purity, uh, the the Goku ness of it all, where you never waver, but you really see him kind of break in a way. I found yeah. very narratively satisfying, and uh, same thing kind of with Aina a little bit too. And and they foreshadow something really well that again we'll get to later. It was my favorite one so far. Yeah, this is this is the one that 
when you walk away from when we finish the series and a year goes by, this is the episode that you're going to remember. Like, that's just (laughs) that's just how it is. Um, All right. So we're going to hop into it. So right at the beginning of the episode, we open on a scene where we have a swarm of Federation fighters just bombing the Xeon base. So between the, the last episode and this one, they have confirmed the location of the base. They're just fucking it up. Um, we see uh, basically a bunch of uh, like Zaku's and Gelgoogs and Doms and all the all the Xeon mobile suits defending <laughs> the mountain, all with hilarious names. Uh, but we see the a pilot, a Federation pilot. He goes, "Oh, I'm confirming the location of the tunnel entrance." Right as we get the first <laughs> look at the Goof Custom, and it chops his plane in half midair, which is incredible to me because he has jumped so high. <laughs> <laughs> and the pilot. When he's crashing, it's like, okay, I did it! Like, he still manages. He's like, okay, I'm sending the coordinates now. I'm like, this guy's dying. He's very calm, at least in yeah. the dub version. Yeah. I, I have <laughs> my, in my notes, uh, that has been, custom. sending the coordinates well, before you die has big, send the email yeah, before the office burns down. I can only watch the, uh, the sub. Like, in the sub version, he says, confirming the coordinates, and then he gets chopped in half before yeah. he, like, says anything else <laughs> i think he said it's, i think it's after i, I think it's i could be wrong <laughs> it's like it's, i think it's like as he's crashing he's like consider the coordinates now i think that's what happened it's weird <laughs> how fast do they move that it's like uh, within seconds of him dying they're like oh we got an email cool like yeah <laughs> uh but yeah and i love this scene because it's like i forgot how badass uh captain norris is and even in the beginning of this episode i forgot you see him earlier at the beginning but he he, he lands after he chops the first plane in, ha- in half. Then he uses his grappling hook to latch onto another fighter. He's shooting at the fighters in the air. The Federation ground t- troops shoot at him, and he whips the plane around to use it as a shield. He does, like, Spider-Man shit with that grappling hook. Yeah. It's really he's impressive because really he's so bulky that you're like, dude, he's getting air. <laughs> Like a skateboarder or something. He's Tony Hawk in this battle. Doesn't look like he could, but he can. He's yeah, that it's good. Incredibly agile. Like, so badass. The goof lands in the ground, and then we get a shot of its cockpit where it's revealed that the pilot is Captain Norris, but, like, of course. And then he has this uh, great curse where he goes, damned Flatlanders, even Fetty's born in the colonies are victims of gravity. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite... <laughs> Thing, sci-fi tropes is just the slurs and insults they come up with for each other yeah. like star wars has a lot of great ones like you fucking flatlanders coming into my neighborhood bringing down property value <laughs> like that's a new one okay i think it's funny oh, star that... wars curses love them yeah. where he's like yeah 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 bantha fodder yeah nerf there's like an alien language i think in like episode one which sucked but sabulba is like bantha poodoo and I'm like, yeah. okay, it's, 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 it's fodder. I, could, I, know, I know alien language now. <laughs> I love it. I love that stuff, though. Yeah, and this one, I'm like, it's such a specific insult. He's swearing, not at the Federation, but at Federation soldiers who are from the space colonies. And he's like, yeah, you fucking yeah. suck. It's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> they can't handle gravity. They're, they can't handle the Earth's gravity, which was a problem, if I recall, in the original Gundam. Yeah. Amro goes, he's like, oh, my God. I'm st- Again, the dub. He's like, oh my god, I can't control it. Yeah, Ma- and Maxim, like, uh, Matt and I are dub guys, so you're outnumbered on this one. So yeah, <laughs> we're outnumbered. I mean, I've seen Eighth MS team in sub too. I've seen it in sub and dub, but I prefer the dub just in this particular instance. I don't know why. I just, I just do. Sometimes I don't. This one I do. I think yeah. uh, I'm I'm a subs guy all the time, but when I think we get around to Gundam Wing, I think we're just I'm just gonna watch the dub. I'm gonna treat myself to a break from subtitles. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Uh, so Norris orders everyone to fall back into the tunnel. Uh, we swap views to the, the eighth MS team, um, who are in a ruined type city outside the, the Xeon base near the mountain. Um, Mikkel notifies Elador that he's received the coordinates, of the, the coordinates of the Xeon base, um, which they're positioned nearby. Uh, they can see the fighting on the mountain above. Elador mentions that the, the fighting has reshaped the whole mountain. Um, and essentially what, what's going on here is the, the Zero Eight MS team are working along alongside a team of gun tanks who are shooting at the Xeon base. So this is how sick yeah. of Elidor I am when you can't see him and he's like, look at this. And then it cuts to the mountain thing. Before that, I was like, it's going to be tits or something. Shut up. Oh, wait, it actually matters for the plot. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I just assume the worst of him at all times now. Did you? 
Have you? Did you guys cover the point where they show just Kiki's boobs for absolutely no reason? Like uh, episode, the like, plot, that episode. Yeah, you've seen it. Yep. You, you it's like that, two that or three. It's early. It's like yep. boobs, and I'm like that. And then the, Shiro's just like, "It's like, would you stare at me?" He's like, "You have a nice body," and I'm like, "Jesus Christ, Shiro!" <laughs> yep, we, we've addressed all of that because it it's was like really thirteen. Weird. <laughs> yeah, he just, very strange he, scene. He just says, uh, "You're pretty." That's all he says. But it's like that's not an excuse. <laughs> not okay. <laughs> sorry. But, I'm sorry. But, uh, I'm yeah. <laughs> Elidor has been our resident horn dog for this series. So yeah, I, I agree. And he's like, "Look at this." I thought it was yeah. I didn't know what oh, they were going to look at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I wasn't alone. So back inside the Xeon base, Captain Norris and some other mobile suits enter the tunnel right as a gun tank shell hits the bunker doors. They des- descend on a cool elevator down to the base. Um, as he's drinking a little juice box, a Xeon tech asks yeah. Norris if they can hold off the feds. Norris says, not to worry. The Opsilus will be done soon, and they're proceeding with preparations for the Kergerin's escape. So we kind of get an Im- implication that the Kergerin is some type of big goofy dumb aircraft because they all they all are i hate um, that name i hate the name i hate that the kergerin i'm like yeah it, it sucks it's like, what's right i'm getting the kergerin ready it's like what yeah, yeah. It what is that like a keurig is that is that an irish pub in a story or pub. something we get, we get a hammer at uh, on st patty's day at the kergerin we yeah we had up, man. last <laughs> episode we had the gow which is a, a zeon aircraft it's like come on guys just name them after birds or something <laughs> isn't that a yeah. character from final fantasy 6 <laughs> gow the wild child from final fantasy 6 i think it is i, I don't know there's madam gow from uh from marvel i think she's an iron fist villain that's where my head always goes i just i just think of the sucks. i think they were i was my brain thinks it's like the cawing of a crow or something. Like yeah. it's an like onomatopoeia. Go! Yeah. Go! <laughs> but um, so in a nutshell, uh, they're relying on the ops list to be completed and the Xeon forces are going to escape to space as soon as they can. Um, Norris mentions that the escape was Ina's idea. He managed to convince Guineas to not fight to the death, basically. <laughs> very smart of him. Uh, the tech that's asking about the about this, he's very excited that they're going to return to side three. And then Norris, we get a nice little... Uh, something that has not happened yet in this series that happens right now is Norris turns to the camera and everything behind him gets darker and we hear his thoughts. We've not, we haven't heard anybody's thoughts animated in this way, but hmm. he says, uh, abandoning a base, the final proof of a soldier's incompetence. Yeah, that was a good Kill line. Kill an A. Good <laughs> line. Great line. I also think that that uh, soldier who's like, oh, we're going back to side three, and he's all excited. And my mind was like, well, they're going back to side three. You're probably going to die here. Yeah, you're holding yeah. a line, kid. You're part of the last group that's going <laughs> to fucking burn. <laughs> you're a red shirt, buddy. Yeah. So outside the tunnel, um, we see the 07th MS team being ordered to, ordered to enter. Uh, we see the inside of a Federation control room where we have the high up commanders watching the mobile suits enter the tunnel from a, uh, a camera. Basically they mentioned there's no sign of the enemy. We see a group of gym ground types enter. And we also see a Federation soldier disarming a bomb near the entrance that has been set as a trap. One officer says to like the higher up one, listen, we never really learned these guys names, but uh, officer, Officer not in charge says to officer in charge, <laughs> he goes, uh, he's, he's like, we should hold back uh, until the disarming is complete because we've already lost nine units to these traps. Jeez. And then a guy behind him goes, it's only six. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was such a weird thing. It's actually really six, sir. It's like, shut up. I'm like, that was a weird <laughs> random line. <laughs> shut up, Barry. Yeah, we're trying to be safe here. Uh, yeah. And then the, the commander in charge replies by saying, well, if we can't find a way inside, what would you say to making the mountain disappear? <laughs> oh, um, and right as right as he says that on the screen, the tunnel erupts and the gym ground types get destroyed in the tunnel by the bombs, which were set as traps that they know are there, but proceed anyway. <laughs> anyway, not the best. Not Crazy. the best. Um, <laughs> The And then basically in a nutshell, what happens next is the commander in charge suggests that since the mobile suits all have nuclear reactors, there's no way to prevent accidents from happening. 
So he's basically suggesting suicide bombing the mountain with mobile suits, and officer not in charge is shocked. Yeah, and so, the, like, an oh, officer... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, well, well any, okay, so he said if an accident happens, does he mean a strike with a nuclear weapon? No, he, like, he's and talking... They, and they won't know because... He's talking about when you cut... Uh, when you shoot a mobile suit through its fusion reactor, it explodes... So yeah. that's why most of the time they're focused on stabbing people through the pilot or through the yeah. cockpit. So we, you see in a lot of the series the explosions in space, and they can be really big. But in this series, we haven't seen one on the ground, so we don't know the scale of those. But he's basically like, he's basically saying, oh, if a mobile suit's reactor were to detonate in the heat of combat, no one would have proof that it's like intentional yeah, or not. That's why I thought it was going to be like, oh, we're going to use one of the mobile suits to blow up, which is a nuclear explosion, I think. Yeah. Maybe I'm incorrect, yeah. which would be a violation of the Antarctic Treaty because yeah. there's no nuclear, biological, chemical, uh, what's the other one, uh, colony drops mm-hmm. allowed after the first one, uh, which people got over very fast in, very this, fast. in this show. They're like, oh, well, this is the worst thing that ever happened to humanity. Anyway, moving on. And uh, so I thought, so that's what he means. Like, hey, if there's an accident, quote unquote, it's not really breaking the treaty. If it's yeah. Because we're gonna. Use, okay, I get it. Okay, yeah. cool. And what's what's really uh, troubling about it is that just I just watched this and went, how often is this happening in real life in the Pentagon, like today? <laughs> like because he's like, I don't want that other guy laughing at me. It's like, how many generals have expended <laughs> countless lives for? Maybe they would never admit it's that for that something that petty, but like. This can't be the only time this has ever happened, even in this universe, much less in our own, where it's probably happening constantly. Like, it's so <laughs> it's so upsettingly yeah. petty where people are going to die. Oh, it's got to be happening all the time. Right? I think it's just, it's just one of those failures of bureaucracy where someone, in order to make a decision, has to do way more paperwork and consult way more people about it. And they're like, you know what? Just do it. Just yeah. fucking do it. <laughs> if, you, if you study the banality of evil, today. a lot of it is because it's like, oh, well, if I don't murder everyone, I'd have to like fill out all those forms. Just fucking <laughs> send them in the cave. I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's like, I want to get home. I want to get home tonight. There's stuff yeah. I have to watch. Let's just let's <laughs> kill them. <laughs> I want to go home and watch Gundam. I just fucking yeah. send them in. <laughs> throw them in the pit. I don't care. And that's why a yeah. lot of times police uh, let people who are actually doing wrong off with a warning because they're just like, you know what? I don't want to fill out the thing on this. <laughs> sounds yeah. like sounds like every single cop in the precinct where I live. They don't. It's like <laughs> someone broke into my building. Are they still there? Well, no, but they're still getting away. Eh, too much of a pain in the butt to go after them now. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that really happened to me. By the way, they're like, eh, they're gone. <laughs> Uh, I had a friend whose apartment got broken into. They came home to the guy in their apartment. They ran and got the police. And then just like the police couldn't do anything about it that day, but they just caught the guy later. I was like really impressed. It's like, they're like, do you want to press charges? We got him. I'm like, that's amazing that they could actually catch one person. (laughs) Good on them. Good on them. Caught their, caught the perp. A historically (laughs) broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. (laughs) Twice a day nationally. There get, there's two crimes that are stopped nationally every day. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so outside uh, in the city below the Xeon base, we see a uh, Zaku 2 creep up on a gun tank. And as it rounds the corner of a building, Shiro in the Easy 8 blows its head off. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so they're he's protecting the gun tank. Karen faces off against a dom. We see that her uh, Gundam's head has been replaced by a gym head. So now they call her Jim yeah. Head, which yeah. is. <laughs> I mean, I well, the first time I saw this, I was like, oh yeah, they can just do that. Uh, but also, calling the Gundam Jim Head is so lazy. <laughs> and, she, and she doesn't like it. I'd be like, she's like, don't call me Jim Head. I'd be like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, who cares? Oh, Jim Head. Oh no, that really ruined my day. <laughs> I, I think she's just. I think she's just generally annoyed at them anyway, and it's just like one more fucking thing. Like fucking Elidor keeps fucking skeeving on me. Shut, Jim Head. Fuck off. Like it's just, yeah. it's <laughs> it's more it's more the constant barrage of annoyances. But yes, it is a little bit not that bad. Yeah. It. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would just call her Karen. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Her last yeah. name was Karen Joshua, right? Yep. Her last name is yep. Joshua. Yeah. They, in they, the first, they just use random words, don't they? In the <laughs> in like the second or third episode, they call they keep calling her Joshua instead of Karen. So there's a bit of confusion about wh- who that is. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, she the the gym or the she 
the the dom knocks her over she's on her back it goes to stab her it gets shot in the back she's fine uh out inside the zeon base we hear the um uh the intercom say the the kergerin is 70 <laughs> percent fueled up a soldier notifies captain norris that the ground forces have not secured a safe plight flight path for the kergerin and he, norris is like i'm going back out um so he says i'm going back out uh, meanwhile, Ina is ordering everyone to get on the Kirkerin. Oh, Jesus Christ, I hate saying this word. <laughs> <laughs> as they as they descend on the the elevator, um, Ina is really excited to see that Norris is okay. Uh, we cut to them talking to each other in a in the hangar. Sweet. Um, <laughs> basically, everyone like Guineas has ordered everyone to keep fighting, uh, and Ina managed to convince him to let everyone also escape. So not just die in a <laughs> blaze of glory. Um, uh, Ina at one point says, I can't let these soldiers die for my brother's delusions. Uh, Norris says, you've gotten stronger. Is it because you're in love? <laughs> so, so How do they weird. all know? Is it that is it the Guineas is just a hot goss or, they, or do they all just sense it? This seed in her face, she has a glow about her. Like, yeah, because well, when <laughs> Guineas was like, I can see by the way you're dressing, you're in love. Is it? Is it the same thing? Because now she's dressed like a soccer mom. She's got the, <laughs> she's got like the, the nice sweater yeah. like with the knot like she's going to polo. <laughs> it's it, it, it just cracks me up. It's like I feel like in the bleakness of total warfare, if yeah. someone if someone has a little crush, it's going to stand out. Be like, yo, yo, okay. you have something to live for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like, uh, is it because you're in love? And then um, Norris basically says, I used to have feelings once. And then he yeah, became a professional like, then, <laughs> then, then I became a soldier. soldier. Then I became yeah. the oh. weapon. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Ina I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Ina rips tells up her him, birthday in- invitation. <laughs> Ina tells him that uh, she thinks of him as a father as a father and uh he gets he's so honored he like chokes up a little bit and he's like you know what i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking kill a it bunch like, of people it was, like, it was like immediately he was like think i'm a dad well now i know what i gotta do and that's it yeah. like, wow he really that really meant a lot to him this now is, i have feelings actually. again dad this, feelings. this is similar to last episode where uh shiro yells that he's not fighting for the federation he's fighting for his friends this is the Zeon equivalent of that. He's like, yeah. oh, you think I'm a, I'm like a father figure? Well, I'm going to ensure your escape. Not for Zeon, but just for you, basically. Yeah, pretty um, much. I, what I don't get, what, what is, Norris is like, I, uh, like the retain, the family's retainer or something. Like they do that a lot in like with mm. samurai. Like there's like a noble family and they have the loyal knight that serves the family. Is that like Norris is to like the Sahalan family? I kind of get yes. that impression. I think they mentioned it earlier at the the ball, the dinner ball scene, like, I don't know, episode three or four, when they're on the balcony. He's like, oh, I've served your family for this amount of time. So I, I think yeah. it's something like that. He's like a, he might not be like a direct subject of them, but I think he's like some high up soldier that just, I don't know, he chills with like, them. Like a council. A it's kind of like a Japanese thing with like the samurai belonging to a family. Yeah. I think it's kind of in that vein. Something like that. Uh, so he sets out, um, uh, she tells him that if he leaves now, he won't be able to make it back in time, basically. And then he just says, it doesn't matter. A person's life is about what they've accomplished. Uh, he says it's his duty as a soldier to make sure he's, he, he, she escapes on the Kurgerin. Ina tells him not to die, which is something that people do a lot in this series. Um, <laughs> and then he departs to leave the base with the fucking most badass walk ever. He's just so... He just starts the goof starts walking by itself, and he's walking next to it, and we he, are, you, the footsteps like just shake the screen. So, so cool. And has it always awesome. been possible with other mobile suits? He's like the only one where I'm like, no one goes like Gundam walk with me, and it does it by itself. You always see well, like a friggin' it has to be someone in the suit. How do you do that? In in Gundam Wing, Sandrock <laughs> lovingly scoops Catra out of the cockpit and to safety once, but that is also another timeline. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's completely colony. applicable. That's after Colony. This is Universal Century. Yes. <laughs> this is like probably the first time in the Universal Century that a, a, I've seen a non like psycho frame or new type controlled suit do something like this. It just starts walking, which who knows? Maybe just it, does, a... it does look great. 
It does look great. It's so, it looks I so cool. I think I saw that scene when Toonami first previewed it. Like it was a commercial for like 8th MS team. And it showed him walking with like, and I'm like, holy crap, that looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's badass. The, the Toonami trailers for all of these shows are legendary. Like if you oh, just, if you were to watch any Gundam series at like 4X speed, over drum and bass, you would have the best time ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> often better than the actual series if you really want to drill down on it. Depends. There's some series that were. I remember like it was like a series, a kid series called Hamtaro. Okay, and Tsunami yeah. gave it a badass yes. trailer, and I'm like, they sure did. The show. They were those like, this trailers. Looks cool. were... I watch it. I'm like, this is for a four year old. Am I watching this shit? Yeah. <laughs> Saturday yes. night hamsters are friends. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> singing. <laughs> Cute, Have that little robot voiced by Spike from Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, so you're back for more Hamtaro kids, huh? And it's- Do you remember what it was before? Before it was Tom, it was Moltar from Space Ghost. With yes, the tsunami. it was. And then they and he was pretty badass, that. Moltar. Yeah. When he ended up to Tom, I'm like, it's never going to be the same, man. I love but no, Tom, it was awesome. Though. Yeah, I think Tom was great. Cool. He's a- as a kid, I was like, this bullshit. No Moltar. And yeah. Tom won my heart. Whoa. Okay. Tom. Yeah. I didn't even. I I don't. I okay. I didn't have I didn't have cable as a kid, so I could only watch this stuff at friends' house. But mm-hmm. Tom was Tom was the only Toonami character I ever knew. I never knew Moltar. Oh, Moltar ha- introduced some stuff. He, like there was like a Sailor Moon one, where he was like, in, I guess it was like new episodes of Sailor Moon because it became popular here. Like the series just ended, and they Toonami bought new ones. And he was like, remember Sailor Moon? She fought for justice in the name of the moon. The left is hanging. And he goes, now, 13 episodes, never bore foreseen in our shores. And I'm like, oh, I hated the show. But to me, it was just badass. I'm like, God, this but show you, sucks. But you, but you knew Moltar could revive life. Moltar could revive life. <laughs> it felt significant. He said some good stuff. It was like, one at the end of it, he goes, who loves you, baby? And I'm like, that's pretty badass, Moltar. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. But Tom did a good job. Tom did a good job, too. So, yeah. So Heavy wine now, by the way. Um. All right. So moving on. Uh. So the goof gets into the elevator with Captain Norris. Um. Ina basically feels that if anything happens to Captain Norris, it's her fault, and he rides the elevator away. Um. I will say. It's a one-year war. All right. This base is fucking huge. Like. (laughs) It's insane. When later, when he rides the elevator to where he does. I was like, how long is this tunnel? And in one year's time of construction, I would bet that you could build most of that elevator. I don't think you could build any of the base attached to it. No. Maybe construction is better in the future, or maybe the base pre-existed, but the 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 scale of that base is insane. It and Zeon like- didn't even invade Earth. I mean, so when they invaded Earth after the one year war began. Am I fine? Got my timeline correct. The one-year war began, horrible atrocities happened, and then Zeon invaded Earth afterwards. So I think they had less than a year to build this base, unless I'm mistaken with my timelines, because I'm remembering uh, in the Mobile Suit Gundam, the origin. I know they changed some stuff. But the one-year year, there was a three-second warning, the one-year war began, atrocities, the colony drop. Then there was the Battle of Loom. Loom? I don't know. These, yeah. these words are nonsense. These words are nonsense. <laughs> then, <laughs> and then there was the stalemate, and then they decided to invade Earth. So I think they had like even less time than a year <laughs> to do all that. Yeah, it's they had to invade Earth, yeah. and then they had to build a base. That's it. It's like <laughs> yeah. you to do that. It's crazy. Um, tons of effort. Uh, so he rides the elevator up. Outside in the city, while he's riding his enormous elevator, um, we see the so the zero eight the MS team is you know escorting their gun tanks. Uh, Elador managed to hear manages to hear the elevator coming from underground. Um, shit happens, yeah. Yeah, he's so he hears it coming, and then the goof absolutely just erupts from the ground near Sanders, lands on a rooftop, and we get the. <laughs> We get the pose in front of the sun. <laughs> and the music starts There's playing. Dun, 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 There's your tsunami shot. Awesome. So good. Classic. Um, it lands on a rooftop, poses epically. Karen fires her beam rifle at him from behind. He dodges it. And then he shoots his grappling hook into a water tower on the rooftop and swings down into the open shaft building below. Where there's yes. a gun tank at the the Sanders and a gun tank are at the bottom of this building. 
Uh, so he's swinging down the building onto the top of the gun tank. Uh, Karen and Sanders have a moment where they realize this is no regular Zeon soldier. Uh, Shiro orders Elador to take command because he can't track... Oh, wait. Because he can't track the... Oh, wait, sorry. I skipped ahead a little bit. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, the goof jumps into the building above the gun tank, and, and uh, Sanders tries to shoot him as he falls, but the goof... Like pulls back up at the last minute and avoids damage, and then he yes. lands on the gun tank anyway and completely obliterates it, knocking Sanders out of the way. He pretty much fakes Sanders out of his own shoes. Yeah. Like Sanders, like oh, I could follow him, but he knew it. he used that grappling hook again, and he was like, "Psych!" and he stopped. So Sanders can't estimated he would fall, but he wouldn't do it. And he's like, "Holy crap! I just got fooled." And then he's like, "That's one gun tank down." Yeah, <laughs> freaking badass. He, he freaking so badass. Him. So yeah, he destroys the gun tank and he just runs away, uh, run very fast. We see Shiro, Shiro orders Elidor to take command because he can't visually track the goof's movement. Um, Shiro straight up tells the team, he's like, listen, he's better than all of us. <laughs> I love Main the character, people. This is yeah. not a drill. Yeah. But I love when Sanders says it out loud. He goes, this guy is an ace. And you're like, oh, yeah. oh they're, they're good. <laughs> love the realization. The sweat, the sweat drops start forming. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're in trouble. So uh, cool. Yeah, Sanders like, this guy's an ace. Karen says, now the real battle can begin. Um, <laughs> we see the goof firing its chain gun basically on the ground near Karen. It kicks up a bunch of dust and smoke. She can't locate him. Norris, uh, she's like aiming around, and he's from the side. He hits her gun with the grappling hook to knock it out of her hand, and then he tackles her. When he recovers, when she recovers and stands up, he's totally gone. Uh, and this is... This is the moment that this whole show, like this, when I saw this clip, I was like, I got to watch that show. Okay. She turns, looks over to him standing on the gun tank, sword pointed downward, and we get the close up of him sticking the blade in the cockpit, twisting it, yeah. and the blood squirting on the goof. And it's not even really blood. Is it just the oil or it's something oil. from it? Probably the, is. It looks like yeah. blood. He's like, oil is, oil is robot blood. That's, that's and a very laugh, clear. Imagine like the crew was fine. It's like, oh, that thing, that was a big sword, but it missed us. <laughs> but I think it explodes after. I could be wrong, but it's like, I'm like, okay, yeah. were they all cut by the one giant? Yeah. That's a fucking <laughs> hell of a way to go. <laughs> a giant blade killed three of us. Yeah, he, kill Bill, he fucking kill Bill's that tank, just blood squirts on yeah. his own face. I mean, motor oil, but. It's a it freaking was cool shot. So cool. It's, it's. It's literally like four seconds, and it's the whole show. That's the yeah. moment that you associate with this show forever and always. Like people will be like, "Oh, it's zero eight MS team." You're like, "You're like, oh, there's ground type Gundams, and that guy got stabbed to the car cockpit and squirted cockpit. Taco Bell sauce everywhere." <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. And then, like, and then, like Karen in the dub anyway, she curses. That's where she goes. Like she says. Son of a bitch and shit. And when I was watching, I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> I'm like, this is serious." <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so fun fact about the swearing. Now that I watch these, I do my rewatching in Japanese. And since one of our listeners enlightened us that the way Japanese people swear is different from uh, from English swearing, where it's not that words are taboo, it's that you say a certain word with a certain anger to it. Like if you say "kuso," "kuso" literally means feces. But if you say it like that, you're going "shit." So now I know they say it all the time, but it keeps getting translated as different swears. <laughs> sometimes it's damn and sometimes it's shit. And I'm just like, they just, they're just saying shit all, all day. Yeah. Like the person who's I, translating is like, wait, it was a little angry. Let's put this in the shit list. That one's damn. Like a volume meter. If I remember yeah, exactly. correctly, most of the like early Naruto in the sub, he says Kasa all the time, but he oh, just shit. is like, He's just growling, basically, in English. He's like, oh. <laughs> so, so. Sasuke! <laughs> we got, uh, so two of the gun tanks have been destroyed. Um, we go back inside the Xeon base. We see Guineas leaning against a wall, all sweaty and ill-looking. Um, he, he, they notify him the Obsolus final check uh, routines are now running. Uh, and then they go, the Opsilus is complete. Uh, the engineers are cheer, cheer, and share a toast. And uh, Guinea says, enjoy <laughs> your drink. So we definitely know they're poisoned. 
<laughs> they start coughing. Goes like. Uh, 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 uh. I also want to. I also want a little interjection here for Guineas. I, we got a reply to our uh, Reddit post about the last episode. Um, this is from Android Raptor. Guineas is implied to be both off his meds and arguably, arguably partaking in the speed that we now know is on base. Oh. Plus, he has abandonment issues, and Ina is avoiding him. As a doctor-certified crazy person, I can kind of tell you—I can tell you—that kind of shit doesn't lead to good mental health. <laughs> I think Guineas—I think Guineas is a character you really have to be mentally ill to get. But if if you are, oh lord, does he hit home? And then in parentheses, especially if you're uh, BPD. And I said, good point. And they replied again, um, he's not a good person, but I will die on the hill that he's more ill than evil. Another right, hot take. Yeah. Another hot take is that his basic character arc is more or less the same as Sakaya's, Sakaya's in Madoka Magica. Sells their soul for a noble goal, but due to circumstances is overtaken by despair and hate and ultimately becomes a monster. Guineas, unfortunately, didn't get anywhere near as much screen time to flesh out this downward spiral. Which, what point, what point in there does he start creeping on the sister? Because that was yeah. his first <laughs> character trait that we were in, 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 Listen, introduced uh, to. Listen, uh, it's weird that he was trying to fuck his sister, but coming from a uh, Redditor who's tried to fuck his sister, totally relatable. <laughs> Don't spend too much time on sister fucking Reddit, but go in once just for the experience. Honestly, okay. after Game of Thrones, I'm like, eh, hey, it's not too creepy. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, yeah, who doesn't after Game of Thrones? <laughs> and I'm, oh, I'm, just with, I'm just joshing with you, Android Reaper. Thank you for writing it. It is a good point. Yes, I appreciate you commenting. Um, but yeah, I, th I think... The, it's the literal guineas descent we see is he gets his meds mentioned in like two episodes and then it doesn't mention him for a few episodes and then every time we start seeing him after a while he's just sweating more and more yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, he's a big sweater this guy yeah, yeah. we'll get to it in the in the finale but i kind of wish they did the off the meds thing a little better because it's just like he should be taking meds and now he's leaning against a lot of walls oh <laughs> shit we all know where leaning against guy. walls goes mass murder like the, but the, I, uh, I agree no. with the fact that he's mentally ill i thought there was more oh, mentally no, ill than evil i totally agree i always felt like that uh i will say the meds are probably what the the meds he takes the meds so that he can stand up straight Otherwise, he leans on walls. No meds? He's leaning. Yeah. I think he was I, off his meds when he named the mobile armor. Uh, what do you want to name it, sir? Uh, Kurger. Uh, okay, it's kind of weird, but sure. <laughs> Opsilus. Okay. Asparagus. Uh, so he poisons the engineers, for sure. Um, we cut back outside. We see another badass scene of the goof where the goof is running down a highway while getting fired on by the, the remaining gun tank. Uh, the the high the goof or a section of the highway explodes under his feet. It's yeah. like kind of an overpass. It collapses, and then the goof is strong enough with its thrusters to upend this section of highway and throw it off its head onto the ground. Shiro stares in absolute terror at the goof's capability, and uh, Captain Norris says, "Yes, be afraid. Shrink <laughs> back. No, die knowing you couldn't use your mobile suit to its full power." Um, yeah. that's bad. It's it's, it's in, the, in the dub. He says something very similar where he goes, "Yes, cower, be afraid." And he goes, "Die knowing that you were up against someone who truly knows how to use a mobile suit." That's so like I like that better. Yeah. yeah, lights out, like, cuck. Use it, you can't. Lights Light, out, lights out, cuck. <laughs> Shorten that for you. Twenty twenty three version of the dub's different. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's the episode title: Lights Out, Cuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he, he throws one thing in the sub when he says, like, die knowing you'll, you uh, will never make, you'll never get to use your mobile suit full power or whatever. Uh, I was like a little confused. I was like, this is kind of main character energy, but the way they worded it, it's implied that Shiro is just not as good of a pilot, or maybe that there's unlocked potential in the Easy Eight. But I feel like Shiro is an amazing pilot, and he's just not in a great mobile suit. But. I don't know. I think it I think it could be both. I do think from what I've seen from this guy, it looks like he is a better pilot than all of them. Not that any of them don't have the potential to be great because they've clearly mm -hmm. already shown that, but I do kind of like the idea. It's like it took all of them to take this guy down because he was that good. And that's terrifying. It's like we've seen the ceiling of what we can do and no amount of plot armor or narrative is going to change that fact. We lived, but we still know that that can happen to us. Yeah, I yeah. think 
I think what it was that uh, Shiro's a great pilot. They're all pretty good pilots, but that's presented that way. That's how it's just presented. How we think, oh, look how great they are, and then the show is like, oh, actually, they're not even close to being the best. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, here's what a real pilot does. You're like, oh my god, this entire time we were just minor league. We need a we need a Captain Norris standalone OVA. We yeah. just need him. We just need ten episodes of him fucking people up in space. That's what I want. I would love, I would love <laughs> it. No gravity. It would kill it. It would kill it. <laughs> so uh, Shiro re- realizes that if he fights defensively, he's gonna lose. Um, the goof hits him with his shield uh, and knocks him way into the air. He jumps away, and then Shiro does a a very very cool little maneuver where he like uses a smokestack to break his fall as he fires on the goof, but he misses all of his shots. And Not even close. They like, go like this weird trail around him, and I'm like, dude, yeah. you suck. Like, he hit, cannot hit, hit, hit the broadside of a barn in this episode. Yeah. He's a stormtrooper in this episode. He's a stormtrooper. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And Norris is literally like, well, that looked cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> what he did, what Shiro did was kind of similar to what Norris did uh, with Sanders. What Norris yeah. did, with, he said, and he goes, okay, I'm going to guess that he's going to keep falling, but then he stopped himself. So that's what Shiro did. So what Norris did, he aimed high because he thought that Shiro was going to keep going up. Instead, Shiro went into the thing and then yeah. fell down like this. And he was like, oh, well, okay, that was pretty cool. You got me. Mm-hmm. So he also so he faked out Norris. And he's, yeah. Norris is impressed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he, yeah, he misses all his shots. Um, and then uh, <laughs> and then Norris goes to fire on the last gun tank. Shiro dives in the way and catches the bullets of the shield. And as he's on the ground after blocking and diving, he fires his beam rifle at Norris. And once again, it's absolute stormtrooper shot right past the goof. Yeah. Um, <laughs> N- Norris, while looking down on him, says, Ina, I won't make it to the rendezvous. I found where I'm going to die. And he looks super excited. And he fires a sing a signal flare in the air. Yeah, super cool. Very Viking. Like I want the warrior's death. Like he doesn't have to do this, but he's no, I, like, that's this is how I want to go. I'm like, you could probably win still, Norris. Why are you yeah. deciding? It's like, <laughs> yeah. like I didn't really get like, oh, he dodged this. This is it. I'm like, that, that's all it took. That doesn't seem like a lot. <laughs> I think. Yeah. You're, I think. I think you could live, Norris. Why don't you try a little bit harder? And and what what gets me about this is that we know that Sh- Shiro really really doesn't want to kill anyone. He's all about give them a means of evacuation. And all the Kurgerin is really doing is securing an evacuation route. So it almost, this fight is really cool, and but it's extra tragic because if if they just could communicate like they're not fighting, they're essentially innocents or just going away, Shiro would let them go. But they're killing each other because they can't share that information enough to actually say the stakes of this battle are literally nothing other than the yeah. fact that they're fighting. Yeah, and that makes it so sad. Yeah, it's like Tragedy. they they want to leave Earth and yeah. they they also want them to leave Earth. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, so back in the Xeon base, we see a soldier notifying Ina that they've spotted a sing- a signal flare from Norris. And she's like, what color is it? And it's red, which means he's unable to return and to launch the Kurgerin. So, Ina sad. Um, <laughs> and then, um, uh, Guineas orders the Kurgerin to depart, and he drops a grenade in the room with the engineers who are all poisoned. And I'm guessing just... Yeah. <laughs> he, what I love about this is he could have... Clearly the wine was poisoned, but he clearly also just chose to make it poison that just incapacitated them enough that he could leave a germ- a grenade dramatically in a cha- in like a champagne yeah. glass. It's <laughs> I like thought they were, heights of drama. I thought but they, were, they were they were dead. They were just fully dead, right? Oh, I thought and then they he were was just like, in- he was like I thought he just fucking killed them. He's like, "Hey, Justin, and I, you know, I'm going to double kill you now. Grenade in okay, the glass." I, I thought they were just like, "Ah, Oh, uh, we can't move. I, I could have misinterpreted. Which is also sort like of badass when he walks away, by the yeah. way. It's also kind of badass. Just keeps going. The thing explodes. I mean, He's so close. You, no, no singeing at all. He was like this yeah. close to that. I will say I, I thought, one, I was like, they're definitely dead, and he's just doing this to burn the evidence. And then okay. I was in the other camp of, oh, they're not dead, and they're just stunned, and he wants to, like, piss in their face before they die, before he kills that's, them, basically. That's what I thought happened, but I'm not, I'm I, not I think, so I think sure. I think they're already corpses. That is me, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he goes, the Opsilus is mine alone. Um, <laughs> so back outside, Shiro and Norris are facing off. 
Um, Shiro runs out of ammo. Uh, they start fighting some more. Norris disables Shiro's left arm with his sword. Uh, no, and then I don't get this because oh wait, okay. Norris tosses his sword aside. He's like, I hope your reflexes are good. He throws his sword aside, jumps in the air, and then hits Shiro in the chest with his electric grappling hook. And I think the throwing the sword away was just to distract Shiro and make him it was. look. Major look. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's what it was. So, and then we see the the classic electric grappling hook, the classic goof weapon. It uh, stuns Shiro and like shuts down the easy eight. Um, Norris says, "Relying on your eyes is your fatal weakness." Which is really cool. Um, the dub, the that, like, was, like what, I'm like, what else can he do? I mean, yeah, the, how else the dub can he was weird. He, the dub was weird because he goes, your, something along the lines of like, your excellent vision is your downfall. Like, what? It's a way better line <laughs> in this song. It, it's much like, clearer. I'd rather have excellent vision. Yeah, you, you, you just, every, anyone would have fell for that. Like, how else? Like, should I smell you? Like, like, that you weren't going to throw, the, like, the sword was a feint? Like, I don't, yeah. I mean, that's bad. It sounded weird in the dub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Easy Eight shuts down from the shock, um, and Shiro is in, sitting in the dark of the cockpit, frantically trying to repair and turn back on the Easy Eight, while he hears Norris's footsteps approaching, and he's like, "Shoot me! He's gonna shoot me! He's gonna kill me!" And then uh, you hear <laughs> bullets, and you he winces for a second, and you realize that Norris is shooting, but not at him. At which point Shiro screams, finish me for God's sake. Yeah. So he's sweating, he's panicking, he's freaking out at the controls, trying to get the circuits back online. Outside, we see that Norris is actually hiding behind the shutdown Easy 8 and Karen and Sanders have arrived. Um, they, they basically like were protecting the last gun tank. Elidor tells them to defend the last gun tank no matter what. Uh, Norris lifts the Easy 8 by its head. And oh, yeah. uses it as a human sh- shield, which is amazing. So, so cool. So cool. Shiro is a completely... mobile suit shield. <laughs> <laughs> human shield, mobile suit shield. That's what it is. Mm. It's and a meat shield. shield, but just like a tiny bit of meat in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Shiro is like completely scared shitless, but he manages to wake up the Easy 8, and he donkey kicks Norris over. Uh <laughs> Norris gets his sword back by using his grappling hook in a very cool Spider-Man type move. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Shiro does the classic. He rips the arm off the Easy 8 and uses it to just start swinging on Norris and bashing him. Uh, He says, I'm going to live and I'm going to marry Ina. Um, And Norris... Norris hears this and is completely caught off guard. <laughs> it's like, why was he? They could hear each other. Like they were, in, like he was like, I'm gonna put this on on speaker. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna marry. I'm like, why would the enemy pilot even need to hear this? But he decided to do it. And what are the odds? <laughs> he and was like, I know. Because it because it fatally throws Norris off guard. I have my notes saved by simping. <laughs> it's. It's never clear in any Gundam series who can hear who or why. <laughs> yep. Whatever the plot they, demands it. Yeah. It is wh- whatever <laughs> is narratively convenient. That's how Minowski particles work. Yep. <laughs> to this day, you could. That's the one thing I know a lot, know a lot about Gundam. You could explain Minowski particles to me. Obviously, it's not a real thing. I'm always like, what the fuck are they talking? What the hell's on the. Where do these come from? What are you talking about? Like, we disperse mm-hmm. them in Minowski particles. I'm like, when? How? <laughs> like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? It's not worth the Minowski particles. I'm like, what, what? Like, can someone explain this to me better? It's the. It's supposedly it. like the radiation from their special type of nuclear reactor in the mobile suit that just jams RF comms. But it's truly the um the one scientific uh magic leap they use yeah. to make <laughs> all of everything make sense. <laughs> yeah, Minowski so particles just... are sort of the the brick and mortar of the Gundam franchise. Without them, everyone's like, what's the point of a mobile suit? <laughs> yeah, it's like, why can't you just check on a radar? Uh, Minovsky particles? Okay, sure. Go on like, the show. <laughs> if there weren't Minovsky particles, even with our modern day technology, you could get a mobile suit and just hit it with any type of long-range missile, and it would be, it would be hopeless. Like, it would be so yeah. easy to win. But Minovsky particles, it's like, you can't see me unless you look with your eyes. It's like, all right, I can, I can dig that. <laughs> it's like, you know, thank you for explaining that. We're, we're satisfied. <laughs> yep. It's like a, a jury of nerds. It's like, we accept this. <laughs> yes, you the council has franchise. spoken. <laughs> the council of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so 
in his in the moment of shock, Norris lowers his like like gets caught off guard. Shiro hits him in the head pretty hard with the arm. <laughs> Norris runs away. Um Karen goes, uh, fools who stop wallowing in self-pity really can be strong. <laughs> uh, Elidor tells the team it's no time to celebrate. Ina is making an appearance. And above the mountain, we see two goof flight types ascend above the mountains, and the Opsilus is behind them. And now the Opsilus looks like a crab without legs. New form, very badass. Ina fires its beam below. We see it explode a couple of Jim ground types. I love I love this scene of the beam sweeping the mountainside and the explosions cool. happening next to it. Destroys a bunch of mobile suits that are standing there. They're like, wah! And it looks really, really cool. It's so sick. It's so cool. Um, Shiro and Norris are facing off again. He's presumably caught up to him. Uh, Shiro has his beam saber drawn. Norris charges at him, and Shiro slices him through the cockpit. Nor- Norris has a momentarily flashback momentary flashback to Ina sitting on the crates back in the hangar. And then Shiro realizes that Norris was just trying to destroy the gun tank behind him, which he successfully does. Yeah. So Shiro realizes that he's failed the mission and he steps out of the cockpit and he salutes the fallen goof and he looks to the Opsilus above and he says to himself, listen, everyone, I'm leaving the service. Yeah. And then it says to be... It doesn't say to be continued. It says something like to be concluded. Not even to conclude. Conducted. To be conducted. (laughs) How did that happen? (laughs) And it was was such a glaring error that I was like, wait, is that just a... Is that a thing? And I'm just an idiot? And I was like, no, that's a typo. Yeah, to be conducted makes no sense. And I think it sounds great. To be conducted. I was like, whoa, holy shit. Like Did you a procedure. Conduct it. Yeah. Like we got to watch the next episode. They're going to duck the shit yeah. out of it. <laughs> and I do want to say my, in my notes. With, um, oh, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Are you sure? Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. It's a scene with Shiro and Norris and they're facing each other. It's like a samurai thing. They're like this yeah. one. Like, yeah. They always say the, there's always one guy you think he's okay. And then he goes, and the blood comes out of his mouth. You're like, oh yeah. shit. They, it was like that. And this time they got him. And he's like, oh, shit, he shot the guy behind me. So it was like, yep. super, was like I don't know if Norris did it on – like, yeah, he's like, this is Ina's love, so I'm going to sacrifice myself. I'm going to kill the tank, but I'm going to let him kill him. I'm not going to kill him. Huh. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I don't know. That's, that's, that's left up to interpretation. That's 100% what it is. I think the flashback okay. to Ina is he's like, this is what was important. It wasn't important that I kill this, this guy in this mobile suit. It's important that I stop the gun tank so Ina can escape. Yes. And my notes just say this is this is why you play objective. This is like this is like Counter Strike where you kill all of the enemy team, but you're on the other side of the map from where the bomb was planted, and you lose anyway. That's what <laughs> that's what just happened to Shiro right here. <laughs> Always play objective. Him. He yeah. salutes him. I'm like I'm like fuck that guy. If I was fighting this guy, if he was dead, I'd be like I'm gonna dismember his body and spit on his corpse. <laughs> this, guy tried to, this guy friggin' held me as a as you said like a, as a human shield. I'm not saluting this guy. Fuck him. Yeah, he was a good a good fighter. It's kind of like an <laughs> honor thing that I would show none of in war. Shiro is a better person. <laughs> than <me. laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, so last, lastly, we have some listener mail from our friend Fergal. If you guys have listener mail, write in at watchfromercury at gmail All right. Subject: Fergal rips off mobile suit break breakdown and discusses war atrocities. Hello again. Something I forgot to mention last week was that I also no- noticed that Jabiro getting destroyed by the Opsilus made no sense continuity-wise. So I was expecting it to then cut to Guineas waking up from a pleasant dream, <laughs> which I think would be hilarious. Um, the fight between the Easy 8 and the Goof Custom is perhaps the, most, the single most iconic scene from the series and the poster child for grounded mecha fight scenes. I share your opinion that the Easy 8 is a visual downgrade from the uh, ground Gundam, but conversely, I think that Goof Custom is a major upgrade from the original Goof in terms of color and equipment. Agree. To the point that when I was putting together a trio of Master Grade Xeon mobile suits, I I went with the Custom over the original. Although this particular model ended up being a few years older than the newer Zaku Master Grades and is a lot less sturdy, I believe it is currently the oldest oldest model kit I own. This is a longer email, so... Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, goof, the Goof Custom, major upgrade. Don't even care about the original Goof. Um, 
funny that la- funny that last week I said I would have preferred if Karen's blindness scene was shown entirely from her perspective, and I forgot that we actually got this in this fight when the Easy Eight went offline. Also, when Shiro using his mobile suit's damaged arm as an improvised weapon is cool as hell, it is unfortunately paired with him screaming that he's going to marry a woman he's met twice. <laughs> that it is bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. It's so almost as bizarre as they had to have in the previous the previous episode. They always have to have a hot spring scene, dude, don't they? Even yeah. I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys mentioned this. It's yeah. like, man, this is mechs. We're killing each other, but guess what? Beam saber, hot spring, get the fuck naked. You know, yeah. whatever. It's like, yes. you, you guys, you can't, you can't help themselves. They, they the episode scenes in anime. The love episode it. title for that one is Beam Saber Springs. That's what we named <laughs> Beam it. Beam Saber Springs. <laughs> um, oh, so all right, funny. so. When they decided to write the Gundam equivalent of Romeo and Juliet, they evidently figured that the rushed romance was also pivotal. It's a small detail, but I like this episode featured some women amongst the nameless grunts on both sides. <laughs> Something that's always bothered me about mecha series and a lot of series in general is that is when there's a female is when there's female named characters, but seemingly no female extras. The main example I always think of is how characters like Noin and Sally in Gundam Wing rose to commanding positions when there's seemingly no women in the main army to start from. It's a detail that makes the wheel f- world feel more alive, and I wish there was more of. While I'm here being based, I must also comment that the guy who was born into well screwing over his development team so he can take all the credit for their breakthrough is the most realistic thing in the franchise. Oh my god! <laughs> It's Nailed true. it. It's so spot on. <laughs> Guinness Musk over here. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> Guinness Musk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, also, I've kept forgetting to mention that the episode's ending on serious or even depressing notes and then cutting to the super upbeat credits is funny as hell. Oh, 10 years after? Ooh. <laughs> I love that song. I love that song. Warning. Great. This next section discusses mass death in World War II. So, trigger warning, folks. Um, if I may delve into some of my own thoughts on portraying war in a morally gray manner without kickstarting a back and forth fan mail debate, I think it's perfectly fine to de- depict terrible people on both sides of a war story, such as how the franchise portrays Zeon and Federation as one being more righteous than the other, but doesn't change that war can invite the worst people in, regardless of where they came from or what they fight for. We all know what atrocities the Nazis committed, but less talked about because history is written by the winners are things like the Bengal famine where Britain starved up to 3 million Indians to get to death by exploiting their food for the war effort. And I would, this is an aside by me guys. I know Alex is a fan, but go listen to behind the bastards about Winston Churchill. You'll learn all about this fucked up thing. The British did continue with the, Yep. <laughs> and continue with the email. And of course, we can't forget the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings by the USA, which are debated to this day on whether they prevented a more costly war or with or were the needless deaths of thousands. Some some through the some through the very gruesome process of radiation sickness. And at the same time, wars sil- the soldiers on every side of the Second World War and every war before and after had people fighting for what they believed were just causes, whether they were right or essentially brainwashed by propaganda. So I think that is a series that aims to teach people about the impact of war. It is completely fair and perhaps even necessary to depict both sides in a morally gray manner. Have a great day, and may your shield be a Gatling gun. Thanks, Virgil. Appreciate your writing in. Yeah, and that's what kind of what I was saying last time, where I was like, if it's done well and it's done where it feels like this is natural for the story, I love stuff like that because that's what war really is. When it gets annoying is when it feels like, oh, we we didn't we didn't show any assholes on the Federation side. Um, they're gonna assault a child. Like they, it feels <laughs> there's a certain point where sometimes it feels forced. But I do I do like when something like that is done well. So I'm not mad about it existing. I just wish that. Um, it wasn't like a, a box that you had to check because when it, when they when it feels unnatural, it really feels unnatural. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Fergal, thanks again for writing in. Uh, everybody, if you have listener mail, hit us up at watchformercury at gmail.com or and also subscribe to our Patreon and comment on those uh, patreon.com slash watchformercury. And while we're wrapping up here, but while we still have you, Matt, I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Uh, what's your what's your favorite Gundam series? Holy hell, that's a good... Zeta Gundam. Hell um, yeah, Zeta Gundam rules. <laughs> and that is one where the sub is better because the dub that exists is trash. It's bad. Because it was bad because it was done before, like, dubbing now, they made a lot of advances. They really have good actors who do it. That's like their main job. 
the one, the Zeta Gundam dud is, is, is crap. It's like, oh no, my mobile suit's going to explode. And Char sounds like <laughs> crap. But it's good. I mean, Quattro, his name is Quattro Vagina. It's not Quattro Vagina. Quattro <laughs> Vagina. <laughs> Vagina. Um, and even some scenes in Zeta are stupid. I thought the scene in the finale was dumb in the theater. I was like, this mm. is so stupid. But um, <laughs> it's a very, a very good series. I love Zeta Gundam. Thanks, awesome. Man. I love Z- Double Zeta. Unpopular. The first 15 episodes are bad, but the rest yeah. of Double Zeta is amazing. <laughs> Once you yeah. see um, that first it, Zeta, the, the second Zeta, that's the one that gets you. They yeah. really they realize let's not be funny. Let's get not serious, but good again in Double Zeta. Yeah. And they bring back Camille. That's pretty sweet. And it's pretty it's pretty cool how Zeta and Double Zeta are like the same series. Very much. It's yeah. one, it, it happens right at – Double Zeta happens immediately after Zeta ends. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool yep. they did that. And the Double Zeta Gundam, I just love – I just love – it's so chonky. It's so thick. <laughs> it's um, a great Gundam. <laughs> And with that being said, Matt, what is your favorite mobile suit? Let's do a favorite hero suit, favorite grunt suit. Holy shit. I love Gundam X. I love the X. Okay. It was awesome. Um, horrible series. But the uh, – I mean, it wasn't horrible. <laughs> it was canceled. That's why it had to be bad. They had like, oh, we got to wrap yeah. it up in like 30 episodes. But I love the, the fins in the back. I love the solar cannon. I think the X in its back from the Gundam X looks great. I've always liked the X. I just had a weakness for it. Grunt suit – I'm going to always have a soft spot for the Leo in Gundam the Wing. Because <laughs> Gundam Wing was my first Gundam. The Leos were the first grunt suits I saw. And uh, they like really kind of maintained throughout the series. You always got the Leos. I mean, eventually, the, all those stupid, annoying mobile dolls, that, that part sucked. But uh, I, I, I think the Leo is an awesome grunt suit because it's my favorite. The big, it doesn't even have a face. It's just, at least the Xeon has an eye. It's just like a camera, the, yeah. the Leo. It's a big <laughs> yellow spot. Yeah. And I've always liked that. Actually, and one of my it's favorite a, underrated... It's an yeah, iMac. Yeah. It's an iMac, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to ask me this later, but an underrated suit in Gundam Wing is one of... Quattro has those like followers of his that also have mobile suits. And one of their mobile suits has like the that... core, yes. One of them has, yeah. They have like the thing that you wear in the heat on the mobile suit. Like, you know that like... I think like, you know, it's like an Arab culture. You have like the... I don't know what it's called. Oh, like a, like a turban? Yeah, and or one of the mobile like, suits... It, yeah, something like that. And one of the mobile suits has one, like among the group, and I always thought that was the yeah, most hilarious like, thing. Like the Gundam the is Arab. <laughs> the Gundam is Arab coded, basically. Yeah. So to me, that's well, like an underrated. You would love Mobile Fighter Gene Gundam then, because every mobile love suit is country coded in some way. <laughs> Gene Gundam. The G Gundam is so ridiculous, and it's like other series where in the beginning you're like, "What the hell is this?" And then midway, it just becomes good still ridiculous yeah. but they really improved on like oh like you have like the people from hong kong and the reigning champions they're up to you know that leader there is with no good master asia i mean come on yeah. undefeated of the east i always say that so randomly sick. i'm watching dishes so i'm like undefeated of the east yeah and <laughs> just it's part of my it's part of my brain now and uh and they introduced uh alan b uh, alan in, b like, was this, sick yeah in the second half of the series and they just i think they knew halfway it's only about the halfway mark they really they get it all the time, it's every Gundam show that's fifty episodes long. Episode cool. twenty five is when it gets like good, good. It's like yes. I always feel like Gundam shows start strong for the first four or five episodes, and they have a yeah. massive slump. And then at episode twenty five, you're like, oh my god, I'm so glad I kept watching. Yeah, <laughs> which you watch off. Gundam Wing because episode twenty five is a clip show. <laughs> I hate those clip shows, man. It was. It might be twenty six, but. Point still stands. Yeah, yeah mid stands midway. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And final question, Matt. Where can the people follow you? Nowhere. No, I'm kidding. I'm on uh, Instagram at Matt Fishman is okay. But uh, my true passion is my other Instagram account, and you're gonna mock me for this. It's called Matt Fishman Birdman. I work at home right now. Where I'm sitting is where I work. You can't see this, but I look out at a balcony. All day, I feed birds on my balcony, and I document them on my Instagram because I have gone insane working from home <laughs> since all this time. I've lost my mind. And Yo, uh, I love this account. Uh, guys, go follow Matt Fishman Birdman. It's Matt <laughs> and then Fishman Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> 
Very yeah, cool. It's 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 honestly I become a bird guy because ironically because my last name. But uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, I, I do that now more than my normal account because I again I lost my mind. But yeah, <laughs> guys, go follow Matt's bird account. I, I'm going to share this with you because it's a bird story. Okay, so I used to have a backyard at my last place, and I would work from home with the window open. And one day, some bird moved in. And it was making this call that sounded like a metal door scraping concrete. Like it was this like piercing, like it sounded like the gutters of the building were like falling off. And I could, I I knew it was a bird because it kept passing and moving and I could not get a look at it. And so I recorded it. I got audio of it and my boss's boss. So my grand boss, he's a big birder. And I was like, oh, this will be a cool opportunity to connect with like a coworker type deal. And I was like, hey, I've got this bird in my backyard. Uh, This is the sound it makes, but I cannot figure out what bird it is. I can't see it. Do you have any input? And he replies to my email like, "Uh, this is not a bird. Like, this this might be a frog or something. Oh, what? And then I was like, oh, man, he thinks I'm an idiot. And then, like, two weeks later, I'm sitting in the backyard having a cigar and my wife goes, that's a really fat blue jay. <laughs> I knew it was a blue I, jay. I knew it. Yep. And we, I look so at loud. it, and it makes the scream noise. And literally, like four <laughs> months later, I, I, four months later, I see my boss's boss in person for like the first time like since then. And I go, I want you to know it was a blue jay. And I know what a bird sounds like. I can't. I just. This is going to sound crazy, but I can't have you thinking I don't know what a bird sounds like. <laughs> A so, frog? He thought it was a frog? What the hell's wrong with that guy? How was he in he, charge? What the hell's going he, on? <laughs> he, he he used like a, an app where you can like play, you can make, you can, it's like a bird call identifier. So it, it uses an audio, it uses the microphone to capture the sound and then it like automatically assigns it to like, this It's probably this. And it came up I with have that. Frog. I have the bird app. Yeah, I have, um, <laughs> and if you rewatch this, when you're telling the story, I'm going Blue Jay. Blue Jay, because I yeah. knew it was a Blue Jay, because I was like working and also it made the noise when I was working. I was like Jesus Christ, and it was like ah, ah, ah. Yep. it's the loudest piercing call. There's two of them that come by. I give them peanuts, and uh, it's they're loud. They're loud pieces of shit. I love them. I I looked it up <laughs> and I was like, um, I was like, oh, they do this to they learn scary sounds to deter predators. It's like a whole yeah. mocking thing they do, but. Great job, guys. Follow Matt Fishman Birdman uh, on Instagram. <laughs> go go check him out. Alex, where can people find you? People can find me at Afosella, A-F-O-S-S-E-L-L-A on Twitter, uh, the other bird app, if you will, and uh, on Instagram <laughs> yeah. and TikTok at Alex Fasella. And please, again, leave us a nice review uh, with five stars and some actual words in it. It would help our numbers. Guys, go follow them everywhere. And you can follow me on Instagram at Asparagus. It's like asparagus, both guts at the end. Leave a five-star review. You can check out all my projects, all my other podcasts, my podcast studio, comedy, whatever the hell you want. It's all there on the Instagram. Um, Thank you so much for listening, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for having me. Better gun through the jungle. (laughs) Na, 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 na. Ah!